0: Our guest for today's episode is my new friend, Gretchen Saffles And can I just say, you guys are going to love Gretchen. She and I were instant friends, and I know you will feel the exact same way. Gretchen is a wife, a mama, and the founder of a global online women's ministry called Well Watered Women. She's also a passionate writer and has amazing wisdom when it comes to reading and understanding the Bible. And today, that's exactly what we're talking about—how to read the Bible—which, if we're honest, can be really hard to figure out sometimes. But that's why I'm so glad we have Gretchen here. Gretchen is gonna help us answer some really foundational questions. Questions like, what even is the Bible? Why did God give it to us? And why is it so important that we read it? She's also gonna help us out with some really practical questions like, what translation of the Bible should we be reading? Is there a book of the Bible we should start with? And how do we begin to actually understand the Bible and apply it to our lives instead of flipping to random pages hoping God will speak to us. Gretchen is gonna talk us through all of this and I am so excited. Friends, whether you are new to your faith or have been a Christian for years, my hope is that this episode will make reading the Bible way less intimidating and that it will reignite your passion for God's word. But before we dive in, I have a resource I wanted to make sure to share with you. It's called the Lipstick Gospel Devotional and here is what it's about. The Lipstick Gospel devotional is a 90-day devotional to help you consistently connect with God, hearing from Him, trusting His plans, and feeling His presence in your everyday life. In this devotional, we talk about how to consistently spend time with God and how to feel connected to Him well beyond your morning quiet time. We'll talk about how to trust the plans God has for your life and how to figure out what those plans even are. We talk about how to step into your God-given identity, feeling truly beautiful and good enough in your skin, We'll talk about how to keep your faith strong in the midst of transition, uncertainty, and really hard days. We'll talk about how to add more joy, more delight, and even more whimsy to your everyday life, and so much more. This devotional is the perfect companion as you're diving deeper into the Bible. And if you're looking to grow in your faith these days, I would love to share it with you. To pick up a copy, just go to smaywilsonshop.com, or you can click the link in my Instagram profile. I'm at smaywilson over on Instagram. Okay, friends, with that said, let's jump into the episode. Here is my conversation with Gretchen. All right, friends, I'm sitting with my new friend Gretchen Saffels, and I'm so excited for you to get to meet her. I have been wanting to chat with her for so long, and so this feels totally overdue and right all in the same breath. (laughs) Um, So Gretchen, thank you for being here. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I have been really looking forward to this. Um, so before we dive in, I would love it if you could tell me, uh, who you are, what you do and a fun fact about yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So like you said, I'm Gretchen Saffles. I have been married to my husband, Greg for seven years now, and we have two little boys named Nolan and Haddon. They're four and a half and one and a half. So clearly we have our hands full. We live in South Atlanta, but we dream of traveling the world one day. We're big into adventures and exploring and trying new things and, We want to raise our boys living like that, too. Um, I love fresh flowers, but I live in a household of boys, so that doesn't always mesh well together. And I majored in fashion merchandising in college, which is kind of a fun fact. That's not my total fun fact. But through God's unique, crazy, amazing plans, I began a ministry after college called Life Lived Beautifully that later was called Well Watered Women. So the purpose of what I do at Well Watered Women is to equip and encourage women to be rooted deeply in God's word. That's what we're all about, is helping women open the pages of the Bible and understand them and live them out in everyday life. So that's a little bit of what I do. I write Bible studies for women. I create um, journals, products, different things to stir your faith and to deepen your walk with Jesus. So my random fun facts, this is a good question. The first one would be that I am five foot 10. So I am very tall. And a lot of people don't know that when they meet me in person, they go, I had no idea you were this tall because social media is a little deceiving, right? You can't tell the tell the height. So that would be one. And then my really random one, I don't think I've ever shared publicly. When I was a little girl, I took tambourine dance lessons, which I don't even know if that exists anymore. <laughs> but I literally have like a tambourine that has tassels on it. And I remember doing these little motions and I'm like, oh, that's so embarrassing. But that's my that's my very random, random fact.
0: <laughs> okay, I love both of those things. One, I'm like... We may need to have you prove it, Gretchen. We may (laughs) (laughs) I can totally
1: I could totally find that tambourine. I I don't even know what the name of that was or why I did tambourine dance lessons. I just always loved dance or creativity or things like that. So my parents let me try out different things. But that is one of the things I'm like, oh, I do not want to put that on a resume that I took tambourine dance lessons. That is so amazing.
0: (laughs) The other thing is I love that you said that you're tall because I am too. I'm five nine. Yes, no, and it's awesome. so like I, I. It's so funny because, like you said, it's really hard to know when you are on Skype or so. I mean, like I can see shoulders up. You know, yes. it, it's so it, you have no idea how tall someone is, and so I've definitely had friends that I've known for a long time that when I finally get to see them in person and hug them, they're like, "You're a lot taller than I thought you were going to be." Nice. Like, okay, <laughs> that's wow. amazing. That's amazing. I'm so glad that we have that in common.
1: Are you good at sports?
0: Um, no.
1: Me either. Okay. That, that's the thing though, is Pe- like, I'm about. People tall, always I cannot say, Hey, support.
0: oh, you should play volleyball or you should play basketball. And I'm like, if you saw me play yep. volleyball or basketball, you wouldn't say that you don't want me on your team. Yeah. Yep. I know. Yeah. I know. But I was the a dancer. I was a dancer. So that like, so I'm I'm decently coordinated, but no, uh, if there's yes. a ball involved, I'm, I'm in trouble. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm right there with you. <laughs> I love well, that. We can do all the creative stuff, like the dancing stuff aside from
0: basketball or volleyball and things like that. <laughs> yes. So everyone listening, if you're trying to put together a volleyball team or a basketball team, don't invite don't either us. of us. Don't Just, invite us. No. Nope. Well, I'll, I'll sit on the sidelines and I'll cheer for you like it is my job. Yes. Oh but yeah. But don't invite me to be part of the team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <either> <laughs> so Gretchen, I I love that we get to talk today because um I love what you do and something I've been wanting to talk about on the show forever is is really how to get into our Bibles because so many of us, whether we've been a Christian for a really long time or whether we're sort of like new to this whole faith thing, we know that there's this giant intimidating book called the Bible right. that we should read. But I think no matter who you are, it's really hard. It's intimidating. It's confusing. Right. There are all kinds of names that like nobody can pronounce. It it seems to be written for a time that was long ago, but people say that it actually applies to our life now. And we know on some level that it does, but when we open up the pages, it feels like I don't know how this story about sheep and goats applies to my life. And it's just, it's really, I think, discouraging. And so yeah. I I love your love for the Word of God, and I love the resources that you've put together to just make this easier for us. And so that's why I wanted to have you on the show, and I have like a whole list of like, Gretchen, walk us through this kind of questions for you. Um, and I'm so excited about it. So are like, are you ready for me to just pick I'm your brain? I'm ready. Body? Okay. I'm ready. Let's okay. go. So first things first, and you guys listening, don't laugh because this is, I feel like this is not an obvious question. What is the Bible and why did God give it to us?
1: I'm so grateful that you went to some of the very basic things, because again, if we're going to be studying God's word, we need to know what it is, why we should study it. So I'm, I'm pumped to answer these questions, but before I start answering this question, these questions, I want everybody to know that's listening. I'm just like you. I haven't been to seminary. Um, I would love to go someday, but I haven't been to seminary but I have a deep love and longing to know God's word, to read it rightly and to be changed by it. And I think it's so easy as women sitting in church or in Bible study to think that your pastor or the Bible study leader or the the author of the book that you're reading, that they're the only ones who can study the Bible and hear from God. You know, we read their connections and different things that they're pulling out and go, oh, how did they get there? And I just want to encourage you that That's you too. If you have given your life to Jesus Christ, then the Holy Spirit dwells in you. And John 14, 16 says that he is your helper and he is your teacher. So I want to encourage you before I start answering these questions, not to let fear keep you from studying the Bible and not to feel like, oh, I'm not capable of doing that. This is only for certain people. The Bible is for the church. It is for the people of God, not just for pastors and Bible study leaders. It is for you. And so what I'm going to share with you are things that I have learned through personal study, reading, and learning from wise mentors and pastors and um, reading books and just digging deep personally. And you can do this too. Like, that's what I want you to walk away from this podcast episode, knowing you can do this too. The word of God is for you. And it's the most important words that you could read and know. So love with that, that little preface, that just was like... When I was preparing, I was like, they have got to know this first and foremost before we go in deep. So with all of that said, what is the Bible? So just put very briefly, the Bible is God's holy word. And I've even got my Bible next to me. And if you have a Bible, normally it's going to say the holy Bible, because there's the word Bible is referring to kind of like a library. So the Bible is made up of 66 books. It's made up of two testaments, the Old Testament and the New Testament. But you know what completely changed my life was learning that the Bible is one story. So I love that you brought up um, how, you know, when you read about sheep and goats and stuff like that, and you're going, how does this apply to me today? Knowing the big ultimate story of what God is doing will pull it together. So even the sheep, that is a theme that is throughout all of scripture. God created everything in the beginning. You're going to see sheep as a sacrifice then it says Jesus comes as the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. And then you're going to see in Revelation that Jesus is the risen Lamb. So that's just one tiny, I mean, that's not even a brief overview. Like that's just, it's so high, so high up there. But just to show you that even something like the sheep and the goats in the Old Testament, those are actually a part of the bigger picture of what God is doing in in the story of the Bible, the story of redemption to bring us back to himself.
0: I love that. I love that. So, I I mean, this, I, again, these questions seem obvious, but I just feel like they're really worth asking. Um, and so if any, if I feel like anyone listening might be like, well, duh, but I, this isn't a duh kind of thing. And it's, I think that sometimes we going back to the basics, we learn so like, that's where so much richness is. That's where so much goodness Mm -hmm. is. And sometimes when I think we, I, I think the basics are hard enough. The basics are, yeah. are rich enough and hard enough and like yeah. time consuming enough for us to spend a lot of time there. And so that's something that I, right. I come back to a lot of like, let's just make this simple again, because even yep. the simple stuff has so much richness and goodness in it. So anyway, so Gretchen, oh. why, why should we be studying the Bible?
1: And I know these are simple questions, but for me too, it is so good to remember Because I think a lot of times we can get into doing something that we forget that the ultimate purpose, kind of what's down deep, what's the foundation of this. So ultimately, we study the Bible because we want to know God. We want to know His will. We want to become like His Son, Jesus Christ. And we want to live in freedom in the fruitful life that He came to give us. Um, All of Scripture is profitable and useful, so 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, these are two verses that are just key in knowing this. And um, They say, all scripture, this is all, not some, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for connection, correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. And I feel like that passage just sums it up. And I love Psalm 119, 10. It says, how can... We keep from sin, and it's by knowing his word. So we have to know that God's word is profitable, it's useful, it never changes, but it always changes us. And that is such good news, I know, because a lot of times I can feel like, how am I ever going to change? And then I see over time how God has transformed my life and my mind through his perfect word. So there's no book that has ever been written in history to the Bible. This has a divine author. Every other book has human authors. This has the divine author. Um, the Bible teaches us about life, about our maker, why we're here, what's going to happen, our hope and our redeemer. And it's not a self-help book. I think that a lot of times we think that the Bible, um, I know, so this is a this is something going back. Whenever I was single, I wanted so desperately to find a verse in the Bible about how to meet my future husband. You know, I was like, okay, what does the Bible say about my future husband? And I would just dig and dig and dig. And I realized, oh, it's it's not about that, actually. It's about God as my husband, as his, you know, as his child and his bride. And it's not just about me needing my future husband. It's about me living faithfully and trusting God along the way, that no matter where I go, that he, his plans and his purposes are what's going to happen. So I think it's important to know that too, because I would get so disappointed when I'd, you know, be like, why can't I find a verse ab- about exactly waiting on my husband? What I would find were verses in scripture about waiting on the Lord. And when we wait on the Lord, he is faithful and true. We don't have to worry about all those other little things because he is faithful to his word. And I ended up I ended up meeting my husband at middle school camp and I wasn't even a middle schooler. We were camp counselors. So it's like just to know that when you follow God and when you love his word, that will transform every aspect of your life. So It answers our need for lasting change because we need Jesus
0: Christ to save us and to rescue us from sin and to give us new life in Him. I love that. I love that. I, when you were talking about like, it's, it's, a it's to get to know God and it's Mm. more than to hear specific answers about like this one specific part of our life. It's to know the, to more deeply know the God who is right there with us in every specific part of our life. And, um, I remember I, I had just met a new friend connected with a new friend, And she uh, was sort of like a work friend. And so she asked me to send her a copy of my book, The Lipstick Gospel. And I did. And she read it, which was so kind. And I I loved it because she she wrote me right afterwards and said, Steph, I wish that every new friend came with a book. Because she was like, I just understand you so much better from hearing your backstory. And I love wow. that that I, I love that idea of like, I wish every new friend came with a book so you could understand who they are and where they come from. And the same is true about God. Like he wrote yes. this really long book for us telling us who yeah. he is and where he came from. And a great way to get to know him better is to is to read it.
1: Yeah, that brought tears to my eyes. But it, and it's so good to remember like God word, God's word is living and active. So that's another, I think that's Hebrews 4.12. And it literally changes us every time that we read it, Um, even when we don't feel it. And I love that about how your friend said she wishes every friend came with a book so they could learn more about you. But how often do we spend so much more time, you know, scrolling through the book of social media or things like that to learn about people when we have God's living word right here? And we're going to talk a little bit in one of the questions about how His word transforms our desires too. So then as you get into God's word, even if maybe you go, well, I, don't really, I don't really know if I feel like studying the Bible, it changes your like your soul's taste buds to want more of Him. And just like when you get to know a friend, you're like, I want to spend more time with them. It's going to be the same for knowing God too. There is no other book in history that could ever compare to the Bible. I love that.
0: So when it comes to the Bible, you know, if you go into a bookstore or if you search <laughs> for a Bible on Amazon, there are... I mean, honestly, I don't know how many different versions and translations, but a lot, and they all have God. titles that, like, like New International Version or English Standard something, and like King James. <laughs> Who's King James? And I mean, like, I mean, just and like, why is why is his Bible so hard to read? And I mean, there just there's so many options. <laughs> um, so when it comes to scripture, when it comes to reading the Bible, can you talk mm. us through a, like a few different options of? Translations right. and how to choose one, how to like, how to know our way around the Bible section at Barnes and Noble. Yeah, that's a good question because if you were to walk into Barnes and Noble,
1: it would be very overwhelming. Because so when you're looking at different translations, know that there's really two different kinds of categories. So some are word for word, and they're more literal translations. So when they're the translators were. Um, you know, looking at the Greek manuscript, the Hebrew manuscript, those are the words that are more literal for that translation. But then there's also translations that are more dynamic. They're more, they they make the words into something that is either more of a paraphrase or is something that is more like how we talk today. And so the Old Testament, just for you to know, is written in Hebrew and the New Testament in Greek and Aramaic. Those those. Languages are so different than the, English, than the English language. So when you're looking at some words in the Old Testament and the Hebrew, they may mean several different things because of the way that the words are composed. So, for instance, when we say love, there's really one word for love when we, we say, you know, love you or something like that. But when you're saying, I love you to your husband versus a friend, it has a different meaning, right? Or like when you're saying like, love, I love
0: you to your child versus a
1: burrito, you know, I mean, right, like, right. It's, it's different it's, love. It's a yeah. different meaning. And so when you go back to the original language, there's actually different meanings for the word love. And so that's why it's important too, to know the different translations. Um, the more literal translations of the Bible are the ESV That which you were, you brought that up a second ago the English Standard Version, the NASB, the CSB. And I'm just going to name those three Mm -hmm. um, just to not say
0: so many different letters that are confusing. And guys, we'll have this in the show notes. We'll have like a list of the different ones and links to them. So they, so don't feel, if you're driving, don't try to write this down.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I can send a bunch of different Bible links that are great. Yeah. And all of those are great. They're literal translations, they are really going back to the original language. Then there's more dynamic translations, which would be like the message translation. The message, I would view more as a paraphrase. Um, it's very poetic and it's more of a paraphrase. And then the New Living Translation is another one. So I personally have been reading and studying from the ESV for several years now and really love it. When going deeper in Bible study, I also love to use the Amplified Bible. And you can use this. I use my version app all the time. So on version, you can pull that up and see all these different types of Bible translations. And I love to read from different translations, too, whenever I'm going, okay, maybe this sentence, I don't fully understand what it's saying, kind of reading from some of the various translations and going, oh, okay, you know, this is the concept. This is what is being said here. So I would recommend, too, when you're studying the Bible, first of all, to just have a Bible that has cross-references in it. So you can let scripture interpret scripture because a lot of times, even in the New Testament, Jesus will quote a prophecy from Isaiah or um, something from Genesis. But if you don't know that's from Isaiah or Genesis, you're going to go, wait, what? And when you do see that, you're going, you can see, oh, you, you begin to see the bigger picture of the one story that, that Christ is telling. And he came to fulfill all of the Old Testament prophecies and promises of God. So I recommend having a Bible with, um, with cross-references. And I love writing journaling Bibles. I love being able to write out notes in them. But another great resource is to have a really solid study Bible. So the ESV study Bible is an excellent resource. And I'm going to say, I, I don't necessarily recommend to just read from your study Bible all the time because most likely you'll find yourself only reading the commentary. And it's so easy to go to, okay, this doesn't make sense. I'm going to go see what the commentators had to say about it before you actually dig into it, before you read the context, before you think about it and try to, try to study it yourself. So I want to encourage you to have a Bible that you can have the cross references and things like that. And then. If you're going to use something additional, use that as more of like a commentary or um, not to just read the message, but use that more as kind of like a commentary paraphrase translation, but Mm -hmm. to read something that's more literal word for word first.
0: I love that. I love that. And I love that you talked about like journaling in your Bible. I don't have mm-hmm. um I don't have a a journaling Bible, although maybe I should, but I I've had the same Bible for years and years and years. And nah. it's just because I'm so attached to it. I love it so yes. much. But I have written in that thing all over the place. Mm-hmm. I've underlined, I've Put hearts. I, every once in a while, I like put my own commentary. Like, if I think something's funny, you'll see a little like, haha, in the corner. Like, for example, uh, when Peter and John are racing to go see that the tomb is empty and John is talking about it and he says, I'm, I think I'm getting this right. John says, uh, like, Peter and and the disciple that Jesus loved ran towards the tomb and the disciple that Jesus loved who is he's always talking about himself yeah. uh, beat Peter to the tomb like Not I ran faster first, yeah. <laughs> like I just think that's so funny um and so yeah. but I I mean I have notes and and circles and highlights all over my bible and I think that we feel like because it's this holy text we can't we we shouldn't write in it but that's I don't know. I, that it's, it's become so much more meaningful to me as I've written dates in it. And as I've remembered every single time I read something, I see something different in it because of what I'm going through in that season. And so, um, don't be afraid to, to find the Bible that's best for you and that's right for you or to have more than one. And don't be afraid to write in it. You're not like desecrating the word of the Lord. You're, you're engaging with it. If that makes yeah, sense. yeah, You're
1: interacting with yep. with God. You're communicating with him. you are I use it to pray. Um, my papa, he was a pastor. He passed away many years ago. But I, every single one of his Bibles, all the grandkids have a copy of his, one of his Bibles. And he wrote dates in it. He would pray for people. And what I've seen too, when I'm reading through it, and sometimes I'll read a verse and I'll go, oh, like, thank you, Lord, for that promise. And then I'll see a date that was like five years ago when I was praising him for the same thing. And what's so cool is I see God's faithfulness in it too. And I also, again, see how his word, it doesn't grow old. You know, I could read the same verse 10 years in a row and every single time we'll find so much hope, so much joy, so much peace. Mm -hmm. And so being able to date things or to write down, for instance, I remember my sister, we were praying for her to have a baby and I wrote that prayer next to a specific passage and then like two years later, I was able to come back and write down, God answered this prayer. And I've continued to add to it to different people I've prayed for that have had babies. And so again, it can be a testimony of God's faithfulness to write down things like that. Or even if you're in a sermon and the pastor makes some kind of um, connection that you maybe didn't see to write it down so you don't forget. Yeah. And to have that is just the testimony. And um, as again, you're studying and you're, you're longing to know God more and i just think too what a cool thing to pass along to children or to family too so they can see your faith they can see what god was doing what he was teaching and that can be a memorial to build their faith too
0: i love that i love that um this is such a random story but uh, you know, so i mentioned i have i've had the same bible forever and i really have like i i mean we have between my husband and i we have a couple different you know like a handful of different ones we have one that um has like a whole bunch of translations next to each other so it's really long yeah. Yeah. because it has like four columns per page. and um, But it's it's really, really cool. But I always use my same Bible, but it's big. It's um, an NIV study Bible that I was given yeah. by my pastor when I first became a Christian. And so it's, I mean, it's like two bricks side by side in in like weight <laughs> and size, but I still bring it everywhere with me. Like I've carted it yeah. all over the world. I've, I mean, I bring it on every vacation. It's my back. I feel like I'm a couple inches shorter because yeah. I carry this around you know, all the time. <laughs> um, but it's funny because, so I, I got, It when I when I first became a Christian, my pastor gave it to me. And it was a paper cover. And so it it started to kind of come apart pretty quickly. And um, I found this place in Denver that would recover the Bible with like with leather and make it really beautiful. And so I I tried to figure out what I wanted to be stamped on the cover, which is a really big decision. Like I knew that this Bible was so precious to me and I knew I was gonna keep it forever. And so I thought and I thought and I thought. And so what I decided, and I I'm gonna guess this is in Galatians, but I can go back and look. But the the phrase, the it is, and it's a piece of a verse that I wanted on the cover was um, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love, mm. and I just I just loved that, and that's what I wanted. So I told the woman, I went in and I told the woman that I this is what I wanted. The only trouble was that um, English wasn't her first language, and it and it wasn't like it. We were having some like just translation issues when it came to what I was trying to express, what I wanted on the cover of the Bible. And so she's like, just write it down, like write it down because I want to get it right. And so I'm writing it down, but I have horrible handwriting. So we're like, we have some just communication issues all around. I'm trying to explain it to her, but she's like, it's just not her first language. And she wants me to write it down, but handwriting is not my first language. And so I write (laughs) it down as carefully as I can and I get the Bible back and it says, the only t'ning that counts wow. is faith expressing itself through love. The H in thing is an A. So the only thing oh So my Bible to this day says the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love, and I love it to pieces. You have got
1: to it. okay. You've got to share a picture in the show notes or something. I will. Like, I, I, I will. Well, so it'll.
0: You'll think that it looks okay because I found some gold paint somewhere, and again, I don't have okay. good handwriting, so I'm not a good painter. So I'm like really carefully trying to give the H like a tiny little tail, so it looks like it was okay. But it rubbed off. But the truth is, it yes. was never okay. It always said to Ning. And I just, I'll never stop laughing about it. And I'll never stop bringing it everywhere with me because I love it so I much. I love it. Oh, that's so cool. I
1: love that. That is a great story.
0: <laughs> Every time we travel, Carl pick up my suitcase and he's like, what is in here? He's like, we need to get you a travel Bible, Stephanie. You're like, no, no, no never. It goes with me. Never. Um, So when it comes to studying scripture, you know, you mentioned that there are 66 books in the Bible, that there are two testaments. Is there, if we're diving in for the very first time or for the first time all over again, is there a, a book that you recommend starting with? Yeah, that's such
1: a great question. So if you are brand new to reading the Bible, if you're coming back, I would recommend reading the book of Luke. I love the book of Luke. I'm actually rereading it right now because it teaches you about Christ and it goes into kind of a, again it's it'll pull in pieces of the big story. but I also want to encourage you to read and to study with somebody else for accountability and for discipleship. So whether that's a small group at church, maybe some women who are studying, maybe there is an older woman that you know at church or just in general that she loves the Lord and you just want to learn more about studying your Bible. So much of what I've learned has come from me going up to somebody, either at church or someone that I've met and gone, I can tell that you love Jesus and I want to know more about him. I want to know more about how your walk of faith has been. So I have sat in the rooms of so many different women just asking them, let's just talk about the word. I I just want to talk about the Bible. You don't have to, because I know that when you ask someone that, they can feel intimidated a lot of times. But again, some of the mentors I've had, I folded laundry with them. I was like, I just want to sit with you So I know you have a bunch of kids. Let me come fold your laundry and let's talk about the word together. And that's where the discipleship comes naturally. So I want to encourage you, don't do it alone. So the book of Luke is a great one. Another one that I love is the book of Philippians. Um, Hmm. But honestly, like I said, a big piece of my advice is to stick with one book of the Bible. Pick one book and stay in that book. Because a lot of times when we'll just skip around to different verses, try to find something that applies for that day. But I promise there, there was a season that I walked through a few years ago, a season of depression and anxiety. And it was it was awful. It was the darkest season I've ever walked through in my life. And during that season, it was hard to open my Bible, but I was studying through the book of Hebrews at the time. And at first glance, I wouldn't be like, oh, Hebrews is something that's going to really speak into my depression and anxiety. But I knew that I needed a plan. I needed to know exactly where I was going to open up to that day and what I was going to read. And you know what's so cool is God met me there. Like he spoke in these words every single day, things that I would go, okay, I wouldn't have really expected that to bring like hope or peace to my soul today, but that's God's living and active word. So pick one book of the Bible and commit to being in that book and studying it. And I wanted to share a resource that we created in our shop in the Wellwater Cove. Um, it's called the Walk in Grace Journals. And these journals are meant to be a tool and an aid to help you, to help walk you through specific books of the Bible. So right now we've got four of the letters in the New Testament, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. And what we do is we actually tell you the verses to read that day, the questions to answer, and we give you a framework to help you develop the discipline of having a quiet time every day. So again, if you are like brand new, And you're going, okay, I just need at least one thing to walk me through how to study the Bible. That's a great resource. And then that's something that hopefully you can just go, oh, okay, I see how they asked those questions. I kind of see how they broke it down. Now maybe I can just open up a book of the Bible and do that as well. So like I said, pick pick one book and stick with it and study with somebody else too. If you're brand new, study with someone else so you can encourage each other and sharpen one another.
0: I love that so much, um, and I'm glad that you said the, the phrase quiet time, and it's when I first became a Christian, I, like, yeah. didn't have anyone walking me through this. I didn't know what—I for. I mean, for the longest time, I, I didn't know what that meant, and I remember going on—I yeah. talk about this in the Lipstick Gospel, but I went on my first mission trip, and— um It was my first, like, real submersion into faith. It was my first experience, like, meeting other Christians, worshiping. I mean, it was just so many firsts for me. And um, I remember the first day we woke up and they said, okay, great, we're going to start today by by giving an hour quiet time. Like, no one speak— you know, grab some coffee, go off into your own spot. And we're in Costa Rica. We're like in the mountains. And they said, and, you know, come back at the end of an hour, but you have an hour. And we had that every day in a row for 10 days. And I remember the first day I'm like, what do I do in this time? <laughs> what does this mean? But by the end of, well, and I remember talking to my best friend about it. She's like, well, she's like, pick a book. And she said, start with Matthew. And so I started with Matthew. Yeah. And um, I tried to read a little and then I journaled some and I still have that journal. I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Yeah. But the thing that was so cool, I remember talking to my best friend about it and she's like, Steph, a quiet time is is a time in the morning where you connect with God. And it's a time, sometimes it's a time of filling up on his wisdom on his comfort on his peace whatever. Sometimes it's 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 a process of like dumping everything that you're carrying at his feet and then being filled up with his peace and and comfort of knowing that you don't have to carry this all by yourself. Or it's a time of learning about him or it's a time of right. praying for people that you you love. And and the thing about it is, and I feel this way about scripture and about time with God, a consistent time with God every day. Sometimes it's hard to like wrap our minds around the ways that we can change in those times Mm. it's kind of like going to the gym once you're like how is walking on Mm. this like circular like treadmill thing going to change my heart or my body or make me healthier how is this possibly going to work you just don't like you can't see the the big picture when you just have one little day example um, And I feel that way about scripture and about quiet times too. That it's like, you're sitting there and you're reading a book that's hard to read and hard to understand. And you're like, how is this going to change my life? But just like with exercise, the longer yeah. you do it, the more fruit you see come from it. The more you see your heart yeah. and your life change. And the other thing is, we're not jo- like the the way that this um, example sort of like splits apart is we're not talking about exercise here. We're talking about right. time with God and God right. can do things and promises that he will when you spend time in his word and when you spend time with him that are like, Beyond anything you can ask for or imagine, he, he right. changes you and it's not one day plus one day plus one day equals three days. It's he, he just does things that we can't really explain and we can't quantify and that are amazing and we can't predict. And it just takes trusting him enough to carve out that time long enough yeah. to see what he's going to do. Um And so if yeah. you're thinking like, okay, how is sitting quietly in the morning going to change me? Like, I can't totally explain it, but it will. So give it a try. <laughs> or yeah. how is yeah. how is God's word reading words that I don't totally understand going to change me? And it's like, I can't totally explain it, but he promises that it will. So test yep. him on it. Yeah, I love that. Well, and too, with, with a
1: quiet time, again, I think that the phrase can sometimes limit people because when I was in college, it was hard to find quiet moments. I mean, I lived at one point with eight other girls in this like little complex thing, like, it was rarely quiet and now that i have kids it's really quiet like even this morning i just uh, my kids were up when i got up so the quietness went away really fast and so i want to encourage you too that you can meet with jesus even when it's loud and chaotic around you when i was in college i remember when i was um studying for tests I was like, okay, God, I want to make this time matter. And I really don't care about the specific like statistics or something like I, that's just not my thing, but I want to know you too. So whenever I would start feeling maybe I used to statistics is a good example. Cause I am not that kind of person. I did a tutor in college for that. Like art was my thing, not statistics, yep. but I would have verse cards with me. And sometimes I would just take a, take a minute and go, okay, God, I don't want to like reflect on who you are because I feel frustrated by this problem or something like that. And so knowing that you can meet with God right where you are, like I took those verse cards with me everywhere when I was in college and um, it looks different now, but it's hiding God's word in your heart. It's spending time with him. I mean, I spend time with my husband and I love it. Like I want to spend time with him and we carve out time that we can spend with each other. How much more important should we be spending time with God, our maker? And so to know that like, it will take sacrifice, it is going to take sacrifice. You'll have to put your phone away. You'll have to um, maybe not watch that like second show you watch during the day or something like that, but it's going to be the best time. And the more it's almost like, you know, when you kind of start eating healthier and you're like, oh, I really don't want to eat this healthy option right now. Or like I really, i much rather have a price, but I'm going to eat this. And then the more you eat it, the more you're like, Oh, I crave this. Like it's so good for my body and things like that. God's word is, it is good for you. It is beneficial. It is your life. So um, don't let the, the phrase quiet time. I like to call it word before world. So it's putting God's word before the world. And that's something you can do even in the afternoon if you wake up too late or before you go to bed or sitting in class or whatever it may be. Like you can put the word before the world at any time, anywhere. So if that phrase is more free, feel free to use something like that.
0: Yeah, I love that. Hey guys, I hope you're loving this conversation with Gretchen as much as I am. Isn't she great? I wanted to pop in for one quick second to thank our sponsor for this week. Our sponsor for today's episode is a company I am totally obsessed with. Our sponsor is Audible. Now listen, the truth is, I don't always have as much time as I wish I did to sit down and dive into a good book. But I do have time where I'm sitting in traffic, making dinner, cleaning my house or at the gym, and I love that with Audible, I get to dive into a great book while I do those things. Truly, Audible is one of my all-time favorite things, and that's why I am so excited to share them with you today. With Audible, you get access to an unbeatable selection of audiobooks, including bestsellers, motivation, mysteries, self-development, memoirs, and my favorite, food memoirs. Now, you guys know I am a terrible cook, but I love reading about other people learning to cook, especially if they're cooking and traveling to new places at the very same time. That's my favorite. And I'm so happy to say that Audible has an incredible selection of food memoirs. They actually have an incredible selection of every kind of book, because they have the largest selection of audiobooks on the planet. And now with Audible Originals, the selection's gotten even more custom with content made for its members. One of the books I've been listening to on Audible lately is Julia Child's memoir, My Life in France, which it's so good, seriously, go read it. I've actually been trying to teach myself to bake while listening to her stories from France. I highly recommend it. It's the very best way to spend an afternoon. And that's the reason I love Audible so much. You can listen to amazing books on any device, anytime, anywhere. And while you're doing everyday things like cooking and cleaning and driving and working out. I just love it. Now friends, I didn't think I could possibly love Audible more. That is until they told me that they were going to give all of our Girls Night listeners a 30-day free trial. To get your 30-day free trial, all you have to do is go to audible.com/girlsnight or you can text Girls Night to 500500 to get started. Again, that's audible.com/girlsnight or text "girls night" to 500500 500. Audible, thank you so much for sponsoring our Girls Night, and you know, for being one of my favorite things ever. We just love having you. All right, now without any further ado, let's jump back into my conversation with Gretchen. I was thinking about this. My uh, my mom calls me um, like much more regularly than my dad does, um, just because I think. I don't know. He just, I think it's a mom thing. It's really a mom thing. Um, but it's been, it's been really sweet because I was sick at the beginning of this last week and my dad just started calling me every day. And he, I mean, he's called me every day in a row for like 10 days. And sometimes we talk for a long time and sometimes we just talk for a second, but I, 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 I love that. I feel so loved by that little bit of time with him, whether it's a Big important conversation or it's a nothing conversation. Yeah. Um, and that just reminds me so much of the way that we can communicate with God. Like sometimes we sit down and have like a heart to heart with him. And sometimes yeah. we sit down and it's like a quick call as you're going through the Starbucks drive through line. Yeah. And it, and it doesn't have to be one or the other. It's a relationship. And sometimes it just helps me a lot to think of my relationship with God like I would another relationship, like have a date with him or Give him a quick call as as you're in the Starbucks line or, you know, talk to him about something big and major or talk to him just about whatever's random on your heart. Like that's how you would get closer to a relationship with someone in your life. And so God, like we can take inspiration from our like earthly human relationships and, and use those ideas as ways to get closer to God too. Yeah. But what's better is God is
1: perfect. You know, like for anybody who's had a father that wasn't there for them or failed them, and even the the best fathers still aren't perfect. Like yes. there's still things, but like it's we have the perfect father. Like we have the perfect father who loves us. We'll never leave that. will never leave us. It is always there for us. And so to know that too, that like God is not like man. He is the creator of man. He is so much better, and he is so faithful. And so yeah, I I love that.
0: That's that's a beautiful reminder too. So when it comes to reading the Bible, like. By itself, um, mm-hmm. I think you know, and you kind of mentioned this. I think a lot of us will flip open a page and hope that somewhere on that page is an answer to a question we've yeah. been asking, and we feel really yeah. frustrated when we are like, "God, what do you want me to do with my life?" And we flip open the page, and it's something about like circumcision. You're like, "Really? What? <laughs> trying to tell- Like, what are you trying to tell yeah. me?" Here? So, how do we, as we're you know, so picking a book and staying in it for a while, like, what yeah. are some tricks or tools to help us actually begin to understand what God is trying to tell us? Yeah. So the very first, most important thing to know is the
1: Bible is one story. Like I said, though it's two testaments, though it's 66, you know, smaller books within that one big book, it is ultimately telling one story and all of the Bible is connected. So I've heard it described before as, you know, if you wear a strand of pearls, it's like one pearl is next to the other pearl. They're two totally different things next to each other. But Bible, the studying the Bible is more like a chain. And a chain, if you look at it, every little piece is connected to each other. They're not just sitting next to each other. They're connected. They're woven together. That's how the Bible is. So overall, the big story of the Bible is broken down into what is called a meta-narrative. You may have heard something like this. And a great um, two great resources for you are Women of the Word by Jen Wilkin to kind of learn about the big story and um, Even Better Than Eden by Nancy Guthrie. So the overall big meta-narrative, first, God creates the entire world. He creates um, everything that we see, land, moon, sun, stars, in the very beginning. And then He creates man and woman in His image to be subduers of the earth, to reflect Him, to bring glory to Him. So He creates them, and everything is perfect. It's beautiful. They're naked and without shame, and they're one because there's no sin in the world. But then you get to Genesis chapter 3, and that's when the fall comes in. Um, when man and woman rebel against God, God told them there was one tree in the garden not to eat from, which was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the serpent comes, the serpent being Satan, who is a fallen angel. He rebelled against God and he convinces them that God is holding out on them. We know that's not the truth. God always wants what's best for us. So Eve bites into this piece of fruit, which it always kind of makes me laugh, but it's always depicted as an apple. I'm like, we don't know what fruit it was, but, um, she bites into this specific piece of fruit. She gives them to her husband. They, he bites into it too. They rebel and they disobey God. And then they immediately recognize I'm naked and they grab big leaves of all the things in creation. They grab big leaves, sew them together on their body to cover themselves up. And so that's the first two huge events in the Bible. And that's only Genesis one through three. That is the first three chapters of this entire book of the Bible. So knowing the framework, the creation, the fall, the fall, this is the problem. This is like, oh my goodness, what has happened? But we see in Genesis 3.15, God does something amazing. So he shares with Adam and Eve, here's the consequences. But he also shares the first glimpse of the gospel, which is the good news that God was going to send his son to die in our place, to crush the serpent and to buy us back, to buy his people back. And so right then he he said, he shares that he says, look, this seed of a woman is going to come and he is going to crush you. And the seed is Jesus. So you're in Genesis chapter three, and then all the way through the Old Testament, you're going to, um, you're seeing man's need for God, man's need for a covering. Before God sent Adam and Eve out of the garden, they, he was clothed them in animal skins. So that was the first sacrifice. And that sacrifice is pointing you to the sacrifice of Christ. So ultimately he gave them these garments of skin but for us, we get the blood of Jesus to cover our sins. So again, you're just, you're already starting to see it. Whoa, like I had no idea. This is a big story. This is so cool. So then you get to the redemption part of the of scripture. So uh, again, after Genesis chapter three, all of what God is doing, all the things that are happening are a part of God's redemption plan. And you get to the New Testament, you get to the book of Matthew and Matthew starts off with a genealogy. And again, genealogies were like, oh, Okay, skip over that, that I could skip that today. But they're so important. Like the the genealogy of Matthew, when you study it, it just blows your mind. It is so incredible seeing the people that God works through, the people that are in his genealogy, and then just the perfect timing of everything. So Matthew gets to that. And then it's just, it, it like blows people's minds. Jesus is born, but he's not born in the way that people think he's going to be born. He's born from a virgin, like a lowly virgin. She, I mean, she's not even really, she's not known. Her, She's just Mary. She's just a girl who loved the Lord. And he's born of her and his father, his earthly father, Joseph, is of the lineage of David. And it's, it's so, it's so cool. So again, you're in the redemption part. And then consummation is the last part of the Bible, which is the book of Revelation, and this is where I love this. Nancy Guthrie describes it as this um, it's not just God restoring things, but it is Him bringing everything to its fullness. So we don't go back to the garden when Christ comes back for us, we go to an even better place to the new heaven and the new earth. And so I tell you all of that because this one book, the more you can learn what the big story of the Bible is, the better you're going to be able to study it. Because when you're in the book, of Isaiah or the book, you know, when you're reading Psalms and things like that, you're going to know, okay, this is where we are in the story, in the big story. And this is where I can put this in perspective when I'm studying. So know that every word of the Bible is put there on purpose, even the genealogies, they reveal to us something important about God, his nature, his actions, his workings in all of history. He is always moving, always working and always acting. It's so cool. So When you're studying the Bible, my first thing is have a plan. Pick one book. Like I said, pick a book, even if you're going to start in Genesis. Awesome. Start in Genesis. Pick one book to read through. And when you're reading the text in the very beginning, read. um, You can look at the background. Who wrote the book? When was it written? Um, These are really easy resources that you can even find online at like Bible Gateway, and um, and I can send some different links that you can put in the show notes for people that are just free resources women can pull up. So learn about the background because it was written in a different time and it was written to a different people, but it's also written for us and for our benefit for us to know God. But knowing who it was written to and why and those things are very important. So research that first, and then you've got to read it. Like just read the text, read the Bible, read the passages. And not just, I encourage you not to just read one verse, but to read maybe a whole chapter or to, if you're in a short book, read the whole book in one sitting at first, read that book in one sitting to go, okay, here's kind of some of the things. And then keep reading it, keep reading it repetitively and write down what it says. So I'm a big journaler. And um, we create a quiet time journal called the Give Me Jesus Journal, but it's because I've journaled since I was in the seventh grade. I've got so many journals and they seem chronicle of my journey with God. A bunch of bullet points as you're studying. State all the facts, everything that you're seeing happening. Note any questions. Sometimes I'll write down, like, I have no idea what this means, you know, verse 24. (laughs) So I can go and look it up, you know, write that down. It's okay. It is okay. You're not, I don't understand everything I read in the Bible, but it doesn't mean that it's not worthy. It's not true. It's not good for us. It just means that we need to dig a little bit deeper. We might need to sit in it for a while. And so you can study the language. Notice things like if it says, if blank, then blank like that's that's just important grammatically and if it says therefore then you're going to want to go back and see why is he saying therefore he's clearly been saying something that he's trying to tie together and the cross references of scripture are important because you'll see when maybe somebody's talking about a different story or noting someone you'll go back and go okay this is obviously important that he's bringing up david so who is david why is david important um creating an outline using a dictionary to know words that you don't know um, summarizing it, paraphrasing it. These are all just like very blanket things that you can do to study the Bible. But I want to encourage you when you come to the word, trust God to speak, come with an expectant and a humble heart. You're not always going to leave Bible study with warm fuzzies in your stomach and just like, oh, this is exactly, this is the answer to which college I should go to or which man I should marry. You're not always going to leave with something like that, but you will leave knowing God's word because you're faithfully storing it up in your heart and God will guide you and he'll change you through that. So imagine that I like to think of it as like a piggy bank sometimes, like you're placing those deposits of truth in your soul that will sustain
0: you, they'll sanctify you and they will strengthen you. I love that, I really do. And um, something I've been thinking about is a girlfriend of mine. I was listening to her podcast. Um, I'll link to it. It's my dear friend, Mari. She's been on the show a bunch. Um, but she, she recently came out with a podcast. And one of the things that th- she was talking about, they were going through the book of James. Um, they were yeah. in James 1 5, and it talks about how whoever of you lacks wisdom, ask God who gives freely and without finding fault to, to anyone. Yeah. Like he'll get, he'll just give you wisdom. Um, if you yeah. ask for it. And the thing that they pointed out that I'd never noticed before, even though I've read James a million times was that. God says wisdom. He doesn't say answers. And I think that sometimes, sometimes God gives us really specific answers. Sometimes he tells us exactly what to do, but a lot of times he gives us wisdom. And I think that, you know, when we are asking these really big questions, like, where do I go to college or should I take this job or should I move across the country or should I marry this guy? We want to hear God's voice. We want to know what he's saying and we want this answer, but it's almost like Even if God was speaking directly to us, even if he was giving us an answer, like, would we be able to hear it or would we be able to understand it? And I think that when we're studying the Bible, the more familiar we get with it, it's like learning a new language. It's like mm-hmm. learning Spanish and you're practicing and you're you're learning the verb tenses and you're learning how sentences go so that you can kind of recognize what something's trying to say and you're learning the context yeah. and you're you're storing up this language in your in your mind and in your heart so that if God were to say, Hey, I want you to go to this college and he says it in Spanish, you have the context to be able to understand <laughs> what he's saying. Like you're familiar with the word words. And so I think that, I you know, I just think about that. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Like we're asking God for wisdom, restoring up who he is, what his voice sounds like, what kinds of things he says, what's important to him. And then when it comes time to make a decision, whether there's a direct answer or not, like whether he's like, no, really, I care about this one specifically. I want you to go to this school. Or he's like, hey, kiddo, I love you and I'm with you. You can decide whatever you like, whatever you want to do. I'm with you. It's we have the wisdom to be able to recognize what he's saying and to be able to make the best decision possible. Um, yeah, a great, a great book. If you're wanting to kind of know more about this would be just do something by Kevin DeYoung.
1: And it's really short and it's, especially if you're in college or you're making a big decision, it is such a good book on understanding the will of God and being in the word. So definitely
0: link that book too. I will, I will for sure. Okay. So We've, we've been talking about why it's important to spend time with God, why it's important to spend time in His Word. But I know all of us are thinking, I really want to, and I know I should, and I know I should want to, but finding the time and, and really making the yeah. time is really hard. Um, and I know, I mean, yep. you have two littles at home. You are, um, yes. running this huge ministry. You have as many things going on in your life as the rest of us do. Can you talk to us a little bit about like, how to find that time and make that time, what what that actually looks like practically? Yeah. So
1: everything that means something to you, you're going to make time for it. It, And it's going to require sacrifice too. If I'm going to spend time with my husband, then I'm not going to be doing other things. I'm going to spend time with my kids. If I'm going to exercise, then I'm not going to be sitting on the couch. I'm going to be exercising. So know that it requires sacrifice and it requires time. And one of the most recent studies I saw is that the average person spends about six hours on their phone each day, like six hours guys. And we're, we have 24 hours in a day, but we're sleeping part of that too. So think of how much time you're spending on social media, on websites, on blogs, listening to podcasts, things like that. Um, even just time you spend watching TV or doing chores or just bringing things like that. Even driving. A lot of us have commutes and we drive a lot. We have so much more time than we think. But a lot, of time, a lot of times we don't realize where we're spending our time. You know, we like you're on your phone and then 20 minutes later, you're like, wait, when did I, what, why did I get on my phone in the first place? Yes, I know I've done that <laughs> so many times. And so we need to train, I mentioned this earlier, our soul's taste buds to desire the word of God. Psalm 34 says to taste and see that the Lord is good. But if you don't like pick up your fork and eat, then how are you ever going to taste the goodness of God? So opening the word and trusting, knowing, listen to other people's testimonies. I hope that after this podcast that you will have heard from me and from Stephanie, like God's word has changed us. We love it. And so I hope that even just hearing that will make you go, I, I want to know that too. I want to know the God of the Bible too. So for me, the most important thing is to remove my phone from my presence when I'm spending time <laughs> in the word. Um, I, if it is near. I'm gonna check the notifications. I'm gonna go, oh, I wonder about this. Oh, you know, and then just get lost in some tangent. Something that my husband and I started doing last year is we sleep with our phones outside of our bedroom in a cabinet. And um, we put charge. we have like, Greg put chargers in there. And so at night I can read the word then or just spend time with him or read a book. And then in the mornings, I literally think every morning when I wake up, word before world, I want to put God first. I want to put him first. And I don't get my phone because I know immediately I'm going to be sucked into everything that needs to happen or things that people need from me or just various things like that. So yeah. maybe for you, it is to sleep with your, get a real alarm clock and sleep with your phone outside of the room. So it's not a temptation in the morning. Yeah. Um, maybe it's getting accountability too, having somebody text you and say, Hey, did you spend time with the Lord today? And that way you're, you're going, Oh. Yeah, I I did. You know, like I went to spend time with God. So know that it's a discipline to study God's word, but the more you do it, you're going to crave it and desire it more. I feel like when we spend time on social media or on different things like that, it's kind of like we're eating cotton candy all day long, you know, and when you eat cotton candy, you feel really full, but then you also feel sick. You're like, oh, I'm so full, but I really know I should have eaten something better for myself. But it's like that cotton candy for your soul is social media in a lot of ways. I mean, there's some great, like we hope to put out great resources and encouragement there, but ultimately it's cotton candy there. And so you want to, you want to eat a good meal. Like you want to eat the steak dinner with the vegetables and the loaded potato. That's God's word. So the more that you feed on God's word, the more you're going to go, I want that. Like that, like that satisfies me. I desire it. I want to know more of it and I want to live by it. Um, So it's a discipline But you're going to—maybe it's writing down how you spend your entire day and going, oh, I didn't need to watch that show right then. Like, I could have taken that out and studied
0: God's Mm -hmm. Word. So
1: there's a lot of different ways, but know that when you start reading God's Word,
0: you're going to desire it more and more. I love that. Gretchen, do you have just any last pep talk for the woman who's sitting here thinking, okay, Gretchen, I want to do this. I want to do this. I'm— nervous that I'm, you know, maybe I'll start and stop, or maybe I won't be able to understand, but I I want this. I would just love a last word of encouragement from you. So first of all, grace, sister, like God's grace is with you. You don't have to do it perfectly. I don't do
1: it perfectly every day. It's going to look different. Some days I go to my Bible and I legitimately, and this is me being totally honest. I will sit there and go, I do not feel like reading my Bible right now. (laughs) Like that's just my like total honest human self. But I know that when I open God's Word, like Satan will do everything to keep you from getting in God's Word. I know when I open it, um, there has never been a time where I have regretted reading God's Word. Like I have never opened it up and gone, I wish that I didn't read the Bible today. Like that was just not good use use of my time. I've never done that. I have regretted scrolling social media and not reading my Bible, Um, but I've never, every time I spend time in God's Word, it changes me and I love it so much more. And like I said, it's a discipline. You're not always going to leave with warm fuzzies. So have the right expectations. Come to the word, knowing I want to know you, God. And no matter what it feels like, sometimes some books in the Bible are uncomfortable. Like you're going to sit in it and go, I feel really uncomfortable in this. I don't understand this. But when you don't understand something, don't give up. Don't let that be something that's like, oh, I don't understand this. This doesn't make sense. Press in further. Maybe it's something that you need to dig deeper. Maybe you do need to address a commentary, a good, solid commentary, or talk to your pastor and say, okay, what does this mean? Because I'm so confused by this. So I want to encourage you, if you are confused, welcome to the club, (laughs) but don't give up. Don't give up. Don't go, okay, I'm confused. Because there's been times where I have been confused about something like the lambs, for example, all the book of Leviticus used to just be so confusing to me. Like, it is just so daunting to read about all these different sacrifices in the law and all of this stuff. And so finally, I got to the point several years ago, I was like, okay, I don't understand this, but it's there for a purpose. So I'm going to dig in deeper. I'm going to study this. And what I found was like, Christ is all over the book of Leviticus. It is pointing to him as the ultimate sacrifice. They had to sacrifice every single day, several times a day, these specific things. But when Jesus came and he died on the cross as the lamb of God, it says that he Fulfilled all the sacrifices. Mm -hmm. Like no more do they need to offer those. So again, I get I I get like so pumped about stuff like this. But when you start realizing that and you dig deeper and you're going, oh my goodness, this is so cool. Like Jesus fulfills all of this, and He was the ultimate sacrifice. Like that is amazing. So read the Bible with faith, not fear. Read it with faith and not fear. Don't come to it and go, okay, God, I'm so nervous. Like I I don't want to do this wrong. Trust God. Come to Him and tell Him that. Say, God, like. Will you lead me, Holy Spirit? Teach me your word. Help me understand your word. So, that is what I want to encourage you to do. Show up, give God your best moments. Don't give them the leftovers. Like, He's the creator of the universe, He's what everything revolves around. Um, I just I think it's so cool that the earth revolves around the sun because I feel like it's this visible picture. Like, our lives revolve around the sun, the word the God of of the universe and so remember that like put things first things first and the Lord will transform everything and I promise you like come back to us a year from after you listen to this podcast in a year of being in God's word and you will be a totally different person
0: I love that Gretchen thank you so much for being here friends oh I loved it this was such a fun conversation Friends, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I cannot tell you how much it means to me to have you here at Girls' Night. Before you go, I would love it if you would do two quick things. The first is to subscribe. Subscribing to the podcast is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. It's also a way easier way to listen because it's a way of sort of bookmarking the podcast. You never have to go looking for it again. Your app will just automatically download the next episode once a new one's released. The other thing is that it would mean so much to me if you would take a quick second to leave a rating and a review for the podcast. The way that iTunes knows to suggest the podcast to new people is by their ratings and the reviews. That's how we invite new friends to our girls' night. So would you guys do me a huge favor and just take one quick second to leave a rating and a quick comment about how you like the podcast so far? It would help us out so much. And thank you to all of you who have left all of those beautiful five-star reviews already. I cannot tell you how much it means to me. Hi, right, friends, that's all we have for you today, but we'll be back next week with another episode of Girls Night. And I have to tell you, you're gonna love this one. See you then.